0: When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now from the Terry Perrenatich Broadcast Center, Reid Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio, six thirty, Chad. The
1: Oilers were stressing setting the tone to this game, instead they give up a goal just 28 seconds into the first period, they never have the lead, and they can't convert opportunities to tie it in the third period, and the Dallas Stars sweep through Alberta with a 3-2 decision over the Oilers tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in, it 10:01. along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranich Team Broadcast Centre. Our phone number is 780-496-0063 if you want to chime in on this game tonight. And Rob, looking back, I mean, 28 seconds into the game tonight, they played the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday. They allowed a goal, a minute 57 in. The game Sunday against the Red Wings, they did not allow an early goal, though they were scored on first, and against the New York Islanders, they allowed a goal 13 seconds into the game. So three of the last four games, the Oilers have allowed a goal in the first two minutes.
2: Doesn't really spell success, does it? Uh, Sloppy play. It it was... uh puck was dropped, knocked into the zone the Oilers had possession of the puck and Darnell Nurse tried reversing it to his partner and he cuffed himself and turned it over and all of a sudden it was in the back of their net you, you've got to be very careful at the beginning of the game and, and you got to be prepared uh, the Dallas Stars are coming in here they got to get a lead they've got to win the first period or at least come out of it even if they f- want to have a chance to win this all game. They know they're going to be tired. They're beat up. They've got a lot of guys playing a lot of minutes that wouldn't even be in the NHL right now. So they want to stay close so they know the start to the game is imperative and the Oilers, a good start is imperative and the Oilers come out and sloppy play not only just on the first shift but in the first 10 minutes. There was a number of great scoring chances for the Dallas Stars and it gave them belief. So you, you can't do that and expect to win hockey games. And the Oilers record over the last little while shows that they've given up early goals and they're not getting wins.
1: Yeah, and playing better in the first few shifts of the game is going to have to be the adjustment of the game for the Oilers going forward. Presented by Alberta's Chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. So 3-2, the Dallas Stars take it. Connor McDavid did have an assist tonight. He's standing by in the Oilers dressing room.
3: How would you kind of sum up? I mean, you came up one short, but
4: the game went overall. Yeah, we battled hard. Um, you know, they kind of trapped it up and, and played that, that kind of defensive game. And, um, you know, you kind of expect that after a back-to-back and up one goal in the third period. So, Know, they they did a good job of trapping up the middle and not allowing us to get speed but um you know, overall we did a good job battling back but ultimately we got to find a way to win games now um you know it's just not good enough um you know coming close some frustration with the start but are you
2: guys maybe feeling like you can build off what you guys are able to do there late in the game with all the chances
4: um yeah but you know we've been saying that for a few games now and a little bit after the road trip is um you know we're close and, and all that but you know ultimately it's turned into wins and Um, i have got to bear down our chances, myself included, so um, that's all it is. Thank you. Thanks, Connor. Reed, that's Connor McDavid.
1: All right, Brendan Ulrich in the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. We're going to get to the phone lines in a sec here, Rob, but from a defensive end, we talked about periods of sloppy play, especially early in the game. Offensively... I mean, they wind up with 42 shots, but also a game of almost. They, yeah. Almost was on net. They almost got to the rebound.
2: They almost were able to convert a chance. Well, the others had large stretches in this game where they, they were dominating. They were in the offensive zone. They're getting chance after chance. Puck laying around the, uh, the slot area. Rebound coming out, just missing here, missing there. Dry cell He put one off the crossbar. They just banged a couple just past open nets. Uh, but it, they were chasing. And it seems like when you're chasing... Your hands squeeze the stick just a little bit tighter, and those pucks aren't going in. Uh, the eventually they're going to go. I mean, Connor McDavid is not going to miss point-blank chances like he has over the last little while. He had a great opportunity tonight to tie the game. Wonderful setup, slap shot, one-timer right from the slot. It doesn't go in. Those eventually will, but you can't put yourself in a position where you need them because you're trailing. And that starts with better starts and fixing the sloppiness that you had at the beginning of the hockey game.
1: Well, Connor McDavid has gone seven games without a goal. I mean... That's almost 10% of the season, so I wouldn't expect that to go on much longer, but they did need one more tonight. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. we have Greg
5: coming up on line one. Hey, Greg, thank you for calling. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. Okay, I got a few things. Uh, I'm going to go off board here a little bit, but first I want to say, um, uh, first off, um, I, I do like to see the way the Oilers are playing right now. Um, you know, in previous seasons, previous years, uh, they get down early, they kind of fold under the pressure, and it's game over. Uh, they fought back tonight, um, tied it up. Uh, you know, that that's great and that's good. Um, so it shows they're turning the corner. The other thing I want to say is when uh, the team gets healthy, um, there is no way that they can take... Pitlick out of that out of that lineup, the way he plays, zero chance that he's coming out of the lineup because that's the secondary scoring that we need. Yes, he's not going to keep his uh, shooting percentage where it's at, but that, that scoring is where we need and his forechecks is we need. The other thing you know, where I'm going off board with this is, and I have nothing against refs, and I don't think it was a badly called game or any of that, and I'm not blaming the refs for the Oilers' loss, but some consistency with um, the rest in the NHL, would be nice to see because one game this is called, one game that's not called, one play this is called, one play that's not called. So I would like to see a little more consistency on that. Um, like after the lockout, um, they were the rules were the rules, and they called it. By the book, and now it's it's almost like they're just um, calling it as like, oh well, maybe, but maybe not. You know what I mean? So um, I'm not saying that's why the Oilers lost night, but I'm I'm just saying I would like to see more consistency in entire NHL with the refing. And I'll let you guys go. And I uh, just want to hear your opinions on that.
1: Yeah, thanks, Greg. We we appreciate it. good good call. I mean, I think the the Pitlick point we we pretty much agree with. So I don't know if we need to expand on that. Uh, I mean, I, I think you make a good point. The Oilers aren't aren't folding. They're playing a lot of close games. They they have an attitude. That I, I I don't want to call it cockiness, but, but I think they have a little bit more swagger than in past years. We're like, hey, we're not we're not getting beat. We're, you can't push us out of the game. Having said that, uh, if if you're going to climb up in the standings, you got to win the close games more often than you are not. First eight games, they did that. They went uh, seven and one. Last seven games, they gone two, four and one. So some of that comes down to execution, and some of that comes down to, I mean, the reason they've been behind a goal late, like we've talked about, is because they've often given up a goal, uh, a goal early. Rob, you've been through the battles as a player and as an observer with consistency in officiating. And again, you know, fair point by Greg. It's not that's not why it happened tonight. I think the power plays wound up actually uh, stars were one for four, Oilers were zero oh for three. But I but I think that's what fans and players want, right? They want to feel like night after night that's that's a call that isn't.
2: They do. I mean over the course of the season and over the course of a lot of guys' careers they, they find out what refs call what and what don't. I mean refs have their own interpretations uh of the way the rules are guards. Some some are a little more lenient, let things go, others don't. Uh some referees uh seem it, it seems like they have it in for your team and Usually it's because you or someone on your team said something to cause that. Um, but it, it's funny, as when you sit and watch your team and your team loses, you'll find five or six calls that should have been called. But if you, if tonight, if we were playing in Pittsburgh in Pitt, and we beat the Penguins, the Pittsburgh fans would be calling in, they would have had four or five penalties that should have been called. It's the team that loses normally sees the things that shouldn't. Rest miss calls every game. They, they do. it's uh, They're not perfect, and they're missed. They're just more noticeable when your team doesn't win. And I and trust me, I've been on the bench, and I've sat in games where we're losing, and the frustration climbs more and more when you see things that should be called. But when you're winning, ah, ah, it doesn't matter. It's okay. We'll, we'll right. get through this. So the frustration gets in, and it's uh, quadrupled when you get uh, the fact that you're behind in the scoreboard and you need that power play to get going and the refs aren't calling them. Oilers had a third period power play mm-hmm. tonight. And, and, and I thought that was a little... I thought that was a soft one, too, uh, compared, compared, to, uh, compared to what was I mean, missed thought, earlier. I, there
1: was, there, the only one I would really complain about was one in the second period. I thought McDavid was was blatantly interfered with. But but, but again, I mean, we're not going to spend a lot of time on that. The Oilers get two tonight. That means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give 25 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. For the first time this season, the Oilers have back-to-back losses in regulation time as dallas takes this 132 7804960063 we have allen on the line hi allen
2: hi allen go ahead Okay, a couple of points. First thing, I think Letnin was on fire tonight. He was just laser focused and uh, stole a lot of goals from the Oilers. Uh, second thing, McDavid, yeah, he's been held pointless, but, you know, teams are learning to adapt to how he plays, and as a player with his toolkit, he'll learn to adapt and overcome that, and, you know, it's a good learning thing for a young guy third thing. The Oilers fought hard and you know what? You learn when you get beat and you fought hard and I think they will adapt and I think they will overcome this and they will be able to succeed in the future.
1: Alright, thanks a lot, Alan. Well, I think there's you know, there has been, there's a lot of good signs this this season, even though the, the last seven games obviously has a bit of a slump. I mean, the three stars tonight, Carl Lettinen was the first star. You give him credit to, for making 40 stops. The uh, second star was Tyler Pitlick. He was excellent. Fifth of the year. And uh, Tyler Sagan, who showed why he's an elite offensive talent, got two assists for the Stars. He's now with the 10 assists on the year. Rob and I are going to give out the fourth star for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates.
2: I'm going to go with a sleeper. I thought uh, Slapashev played well for the Oilers tonight. I I I did. He eventually uh, earned himself some extra ice time in the third period, moved up and played uh, with... Nugent Hopkins, I thought he created. I mean, when you're a fourth line guy, you've got to impress every time you're out there or you might not get out there again. And Slapashev did that tonight. He, the, his play through the first two periods, not a lot of minutes, but his play in those minutes Garnered the attention of the coaching staff and earned him extra time in the third period. To me, he's the four star for the Oilers.
1: All right, and let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is standing by, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. You
4: get what's really cool Yeah, it's uh, obviously not the way you want to start things off. Um, If we're just not sharp enough or uh, teams are just sharper than us, I mean, we just got to find a way to, uh, I mean, even if you're not, your legs aren't uh, into it right off the bat, I mean, you you still need to find a way to uh, just play solid and, uh, get through the first ones, even if your uh, legs aren't sharp. But um, I mean, to keep putting ourselves behind the eight ball like that is—I uh, uh, mean, like you saw tonight—comes uh, back to haunt this you. It was a pretty loose defensive game for both teams. Or it was lots of <laughs> for both teams. Like, yeah, I mean, this, the Dallas kind of um, in the past few years—that's kind of how they play, but. We got to. I mean, we've done a better job this year of not kind of falling into that and just sticking to our game. And um, I mean, we're a good transition team, and uh, we need to keep doing that. But we can't be uh, having it go the other way.
3: I feel like it's. uh,
4: I mean, it's not about Dallas, but you got a team coming in a a second of back-to-backs and maybe a little bit tired. We know they're banged up. Is that fair to say that's a missed opportunity? Uh, Well, it's definitely a a game that we got to capitalize on. I mean, uh, when you're when you're in the second part of the back-to-back, I mean, uh, we know that your legs are a little tired, especially at the end of the game. And, um, I mean, and the third, I mean, we, we put a lot of pressure on them, but um, if we can get a couple early, then it uh, uh, gives us a better chance to shut them down. reed That's Ryan Nugent-Hopkins.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Brendan Allwork, work of the Oilers' room tonight. Later on, we'll go into the Stars dressing room with Scott Johnson for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Three, two... The Dallas Stars take this one over the Oilers. Next home game for the Oilers is Sunday night when they play the New York Rangers. We're going to uh, sign on at 6 o'clock for the face-off show that evening. Okay, some text here to 630-630. Uh, Steven says, hey guys, do you think the third goal was Jordan Eberle's fault? The third one. The Russell one that won't appear in yes. the winter.
2: Yes, it was. Uh, Eberle and Russell, they met at center there, there was some body contact, the puck came to the far side, and Russell, after he ran, or he and Eberle hit each other, he went to the net. Everly followed behind and followed behind, and then realized that, oh no, Sagan's got the puck, tried to chase him down, but then it was too late. The defenders, I believe it was, was it Clefbaum and Larson, I think were on the ice of yeah, that Yeah,
1: Larson shifted over. They shifted yeah. over
2: because they looked, they saw Eberle was with Russell. They shifted over to take players away, and Russell beat his man to the net, which was Everly. So, yeah, that one's on Jordan. Yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, wait a minute, was Larson supposed to stay there?
1: But he, he followed the man down yep. low to try to take away that pass. So, yeah, that one, obviously, uh, things got out of control there for the Oilers. Uh, another text here. Ben says, oh, I like this one. Jamie Ben made the Oilers look like a bunch of nimble forest creatures under a fly swatter. That's a good image. In your opinion, what's the best response from the Oilers to a veteran player who is physically dominating the game?
2: Well, I mean, you've you, you got to get in his face. You've got to be physical back. Be physical on the star players of the Dallas Stars. I mean, their, their best two players are Ben and Sagan. I mean, trying to be physical on Ben is, is tough because he's a big, strong man. And you saw him a couple times physical. He was imposing his will. But I, how often did you see Tyler Sagan hit tonight? I, I don't recall them being real physical on him. And this is a team right now that is not deep up front. Some of their best players are out of the lineup, thinking like a Jason Spezza. And if you were able to use your body on Sagan over and over and over again, back-to-back nights, he's the guy that's gonna create things, obviously he did with creating two goals tonight. You can wear him down. The others did not do enough physically on him or physically on Ben is it it's half on the Oilers but it's also a testament to how good both those players are and i thought ben was excellent for For the Dallas Stars tonight.
1: All right, so the Stars take this one 3-2. The Oilers have 42 shots, but can only get two behind Kari Lettinen. More post-game reaction coming, more of your calls and texts. We have open phone lines, 780-496-0063. We're also looking for someone to finish the play. It's Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the
0: Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio.
6: 630 Chan. And he'll fire it in. Richie takes it off the glass. The ricochet popped out of the slot area. And Devin Shore won a puck battle. Centered. Quick shot in front of Talbot. One save. A second one off the side of the net. And the Oilers come away
1: with it. All right, Cam Talbot's save of the game is courtesy Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Cam Talbot takes the loss tonight. He makes 26 saves Kari Lettinen at the other end makes 40 saves, and Dallas gets out of town with a 3-2 victory tonight. The key for them, they scored twice in the first five minutes and then held off a big charge by the Oilers in the third period. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. You're going to hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan in a couple of minutes, but first we'll go to Chris at 780-496-0063. How are you? Good, Chris. Go ahead, buddy.
5: Good. Um, Yeah, obviously uh, with Kari Lettinen, uh, but the big saves uh, pretty well still um, the game for Dallas. Um, one thing that's important uh, was mentioned in the pregame was the Oilers have to come up with a, uh, a early lead to you know to uh, maintain the, the momentum of the game. And uh, I think that's going to be part, uh, important going forward with this uh, with this young team learning to play with each other.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, the National Hockey League is a team that scores first, usually wins. I don't know, it was between 70 and 80% last year of the time. If you scored first, you were going to win the game. And we talked about it today. This is a Dallas team that was coming in tired, coming in beat up, uh, and and struggling. So if the Oilers could have got off to a good start, it could have just knocked the wind right out of their sails, and it could have been a much easier night. But allowing that first goal... All of a sudden, Dallas believed in themselves, and they weren't as tired anymore because they were in a game. So the Oilers have been sloppy to start games probably for the last seven, eight games, and and it's come back to bite them. You know, when when they're scoring first, when they're coming out hard, setting the pace, pushing the pace, they're having success. When they're coming out here trying to play catch-up hockey, it's tough, and it doesn't matter how good your team is and how poor the other team has been playing. If you're trying to catch somebody, it seems like the bounces always go against you, and that's what seemed to go tonight. Yeah, Absolutely, Rob. Yeah, Kristen, Think of—I mean, look. Obviously, it's how many you score,
1: not necessarily when you score them. But wh- when you score them has, has an effect. And when the Oilers started seven and one, think about what happened. Nail Yakupov got the first goal for the Blues. Oilers scored about three minutes later. They're up two-one on two-nothing on Washington. Capitals scored nine seconds into the third period. Oilers scored about—I think it was a minute or two later. So they've, yeah. they've always been able to answer either with a go-ahead goal or a goal that extended the lead and maybe took a little wind out of the other team's sales. That's not happening lately, and then you combine that with the fact that they're often behind early in games. Chris, you want to try to win something Good tonight, points. buddy? Sure. you. All right. You. you can qualify for the grand prize draw, 1000 bucks to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service. You can trust Integra Tire experience integrity. Have a listen
6: but larson stood strong here's lucic wide open man dish
5: klep ball maroon what timer
1: okay I, I think that is a a late in the game play do the oilers score or not score
5: uh do not score
1: let's find out
6: but larson stood strong here's lucic wide open man dish
2: klep ball maroon what timer save made by kari letnan off a of beautiful feed in front to the captain
1: Yeah, good job, Chris. You uh, are thrown into the grand prize draw for finish the play tonight. The Oilers had four face-offs in the last minute and a half with the goalie out. They won all four. Three by Letestu, one by McDavid. So they, they had those chances. There was another opportunity. Nugent Hopkins was swooping in to shoot it on his forehand. Dreisaitl didn't see he was coming got off a weaker backhand chance. It looked like, from my angle, a test who had one hop over a stick with about 15 seconds left. Uh, I mean, look, obviously, our, our point for the overall theme of the show is that they shouldn't have been in that situation, but they did have some furious chances with the goalie out. And somebody texted in, when was the last time the Oilers scored with the goalie pulled? I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll have to go back and look and try to answer well, there's that.
2: someone could text us that one, that would be pretty I cool. can't
1: remember if they did it last year.
2: Uh, it's but been anyway. a while. I remember, it was. I think the year Pronger was here, I remember. Is that a couple years well, back? I think they've, back? Done it. <laughs> they've done it. It's, it's. But they did have a number of chances. The problem, though, is when you pull your goalie, the Dallas Stars, and you saw it, there was five Dallas Stars laying down in front of the net Anytime time the puck came close to it. And, and you're having to go through bodies. It's much more fun playing when the other team pulls their goalie, because now you just flip the puck out, let them chase, because all the pressure's on them. The Oilers had a a flurry, but they had a flurry because there was a flurry of mistakes in the first 10 minutes of this hockey game that created the deficit. And I'm sure that when we hear Todd McClellan, that'll be one of the things he addresses after the, the game, simply because this is not the start they needed on home ice. Uh, after a, a pretty successful ro- uh, road trip to come home and play against a team that they need to beat. If this is going to be a playoff-caliber hockey club, if they're going to fight for playoffs points or um, and be playing past April 10th, they got to beat the Dallas Stars when they come on the back-to-back nights with eight or nine regulars out of their lineup. 3-2
1: Dallas takes it tonight. Head coach Todd McClellan is coming up, but we got about a minute and a half here for Grayson on the phone line. Hey, Grayson, go ahead. Hey,
5: my, daughter actually has, my daughter actually
1: has a question for you. Oh, sure. Go ahead.
0: Are, are, are they going to make the playoffs?
1: Okay. Well, what's your name? Bailey. Well, I asked you that so I could think of my answer while you were answering. Here, <laughs> here, here's the thing. Before the season, I said they would win 38 games and that they wouldn't. Now I expect them to, given the way they've started the season and the fact that their division doesn't look
2: that good. Rob? Before the season, I said they wouldn't make the playoffs. So I can't change now. Yeah, I'm not. But I didn't think they. I didn't think they'd be able to make it. Now, having said that, the LA Kings losing Jonathan Quick to start the season uh, has put them in a huge hole and given the Oilers an opportunity. They've got to grasp it. To grasp it, you've got to win games like this tonight. So,
1: thank you.
2: Do you do you think they're going to make it?
1: Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Thanks a lot for calling. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You. That's. I think that might be our youngest caller ever by the sounds of it. She sounds no, very we've, we've had we've had some youngsters calling in, but that she you know, sounds that very, might be, very the, might be the new record. The she, good, she, good I question.
2: bet she's top of her class at school. I have no doubt about it. No, I no, mean neither.
1: You will hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. when we get back. The Oilers fall three-two to the Stars. You're listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. <laughs>
0: Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio. Six thirty, Chad.
1: Final score tonight: Dallas three, Edmonton two. Back downstairs. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan.
6: I'm give Dallas some credit. Um, think about their approach to the game. They, they want to get off to a good start and score on the they score in the first shift they catch a sleepy team sleeping, and they score in the first shift. Then they say, you know what, we've got to get one on the power play. Uh, we take three penalties in the first nine minutes of the game, and they get one on the power play because the, the gun goes off, and we're just standing there. We don't react to a one off. And then they say, you know what, we're going to check our butts off until they make a mistake. And uh, we made the mistake in the neutral zone. We had great positioning on a player and did everything we were supposed to do, and then we just let them go and watched them go to the net. So give Dallas credit, um, now flip it over, sleepy team. Weren't ready to uh, to go right off the bat. Um, I thought we did a lot of watching and then reacting instead of anticipating. Uh, finally got it later on in the game, but they, they checked well, and their goaltender gave them a chance to win. Your team gave up a goal like, first team year, and you've been doing pretty day. Yep, we are. Something we got to fix. Well, the effort was put in um, initially. Um, everything was done right on the initial part of the play. As the play left that area, we got a little bit lazy and we didn't do our uh, we didn't do our work. Uh, a little bit of miscommunication. Maybe I I thought he was going to do it, or is, am I supposed to do it? Nobody did it. So a combination of miscommunication and uh, not following through, finishing a playoff. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know that that is the thing like I hate talking about it. Like we talked about it in the morning and and uh, yeah, we came back from a trip. It's always an excuse after you lose. It's always an excuse. We come out, we play a great game, we don't even talk about playing 5 games in 8 days on the road. It's the NHL. We have to do it 8 times a year. And so does everybody else. So Get over the excuses. Show up to the rink ready to play, and execute. We had a good practice yesterday. We should have been ready. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought he, uh, you know, he had some attack time. Um, he didn't cost us anything defensively. Should have had a goal. Uh, their goaltender made a tremendous save on in that situation. So, um, you know, he had a little pop in his legs, which was nice to see. And. Um, he got graduated up in the lineup a little bit in the third period, so it was a good night for him. What we always get from him, simple, straight lines, hard, um, on his toes. You know, he's, he makes an argument every night to be, uh, to be in the lineup, and um, that's a great thing to see. I know you're gonna digest it and take some time, but is enough happening that you maybe are considering a bit of a shake up the CFP Uh not prepared yet to uh, to make that announcement. We'll you know we've got to go back and look at the game again. Um, everything is just from from memory. We'll, we'll dissect it, we'll analyze it as a staff. Um, not everybody is gonna be playing their A game. and um we need five of six at least to be real sharp, and, and on nights when you don't get that, it makes it a little tougher. But, uh, um, you know, to expect six of them to be elite all the time is a, is a tough, tough thing. And we ha- we do have a couple of fairly good D-men that are out of the lineup right now, which, we're, we, which we miss a little bit.
1: All right, so that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. The Stars beat the Oilers 3-2 tonight. A couple of specific questions he was talking about there. Sometimes it's hard to hear the question about Slepeshev and Pitlick. And again, he was asked about the schedule, Rob, and, and I mean, he's right. You don't talk about it unless you lose. And then I'm going to go back to, to to last year in in football. The schedule came out for the Edmonton Eskimos in February of 15. They had a bye in week two. That's the second week of the season. They had a bye in week 20. That's the last week of the season. Well, guess what? They won their last eight regular season games. Then they had a double buy because they had a week 20 bye and they finished first. And people are oh, you're going to have three weeks between games. Well, well, then they they won the playoff game and they won the Great Cup. So if you're if you're good, it doesn't really matter. You you figure it out more often than not.
5: Well,
2: it, it's different now than it was years ago. I mean, they the way they fly now. I mean, they they get on their charter flights. Uh, they're not going through airport. They're not going through securities. They're not having to uh, go from one airplane to another airplane like the old days. Uh, they're in better shape now than they've ever been. Hockey players are. Their nutrition's better. The they're they're getting their fluids better. They all they got all little blenders in all their stalls so they eat properly. I know that most of the teams now have team chefs, so it, it's not as the the schedule is not near as. Um, a big a liability as it used to be and we see it all the time teams that are supposed to lose because They're the tire team come out, and they're the better team during the game So the coaches don't want to use that nor should they use that the the Oilers in the first period they just were sloppy It had nothing to do with uh, Them coming home from a road trip. It simply had them Probably taking the game a, a little easy or just taking the Dallas Stars a little easy not thinking they're gonna come out as hard as they did and they paid a price early in the game, and now they were chasing. Seven eight zero four nine six zero
1: zero six three. We have Craig standing by. Craig, thanks a lot for calling.
5: Hi, Craig. Do we have you? Yeah. Hey, how are you? Good. I might lose you here on the reception, but two quick questions for you. Uh, where do you see Lucic slotting in going forward? Do you see him more as the third line guy, playing with dry sidle and playing more of a four-checking?
2: Grinding style of game now that Maru. Nope, oh, we lost him quicker we, than we thought. I, well, I, sorry, Rob, go ahead. I. Well, I, First, I think Lucic is going to play with Drysettle. I think he's going to flip flop throughout the year. He's going to be back forth between Drysettle and McDavid. To me, Drysettle is your second line, anyways. I believe the Nugent Hopkins Pouliot line is your third line. That's your checking line. Um, the Drysettle's line, they scored a goal tonight. Pitlick scored the goal. Uh, I don't think you're going to see set lines where this is going to be one line for the next 50, 60 games. When things are going well, they'll stay together. When they run into a bit of a cold streak, they'll flip-flop. Lucic is always going to be on your power play. He's always going to get about 17, 18 minutes a night, and he's going to be playing either with a dry sidle or, or a McDavid, depending on who they're playing and how they're playing. Well, as long as Maroon is scoring, you're not taking him no, all no absolutely for McDavid. Not. No. So, and and, and I, I like I like Drysettle and Lucic together better personally. I think they play more the same style, and I think that Maroon uh, probably has uh, maybe his hands are a little softer, and I think that's important playing with McDavid because you've got to get the puck to McDavid while he's in flight because that's where he is his most effective. Bruce McCurdy from the
1: Oilers blogosphere tweeting me. And I think he, he, his memory is correct here because he put, if I recall correctly, last game-tying goal the Oilers got with the goalie out was at Montreal on February twelfth, 2015 with Todd Nelson coaching. Nugent Hopkins scored that game-tying goal, and then Anton Lander scored the game-winning goal. In overtime, I, pr- I don't think they tied a game with the goalie out last season. Oh, thanks and, very much
2: obviously. to Bruce. Good, good on him. Well, I
1: trust Bruce's memory because I, I was trying to think of one from last year and I could not recall one. Let's go down to the Dallas dressing room. Warburg's Lindy Ruff, the winning coach tonight, courtesy of
3: Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates the, opportunity. We did provide
0: you solutions. Car, or did you see something last night come back
3: in? Today? No, just, uh, you know, I thought he played well and uh, just went with him back to back. You know, we need, a, we need a goaltender to get on a roll. And I think sometimes the more they play, the, the more comfortable they feel. And we had a discussion on, you know, which guy. And I think it was sort of mixed. And I I just decided, to, you know, he only played a half a game in Winnipeg and give him the back-to-back.
0: Uh, after you guys took the lead, that third period was pretty good. I know there were some tense moments late, late in the game, but defensively you looked like you guys had locked. I
3: thought we played our best defensive game. Um, you know, we knew how dangerous McDavid was going to be and... You know, we we tried to play uh, special attention to him and make sure that uh, we limited his inside opportunities and we gave him some outside time, but we didn't give him much inside time and we just knew if we gave him some space, he could he could create some havoc. And uh, I thought our guys probably played the best defensive game of the year for us. What about the chemistry between some of those lines, it's a little bit unusual, but it seems
0: to be working really well right
3: now. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think you you can't be afraid to try things when and, and I think right now we've got. Uh, you know, I thought Antoine could have had two or three goals. Missed an empty net. Shot one over top of the net. Uh, scored a heck of a goal. I thought Tyler made a great play to, to Antoine. I, I thought Tyler played a hell of a game for us and uh, on both sides of the puck, which is, is important for us right now. How important
0: was it to bounce back from Winnipeg, especially with these back-to-back games? I mean, this is a whole lot different than it could have been. Well, you
3: hey, know, when I broke the game down, there was there was a whole lot of misfortune in that game. I mean, we, we played one heck of a first period and we're, and we're down two nothing. You know, we fight back to get the two-one, and uh, every time we, we tried to score, they would come back down the other way and end up scoring, and it and it ended up being an ugly scoreboard. But when you broke down the numbers, it wasn't near as ugly as it should have been. But there was adversity and so challenges in this game. Yeah, but I, I you know I, I think it's it's my court. responsibility to break it down and not uh, not go overboard when you have a game like that. I mean, three-two, eight-two, ten-two. Everybody, Montreal had a ten. 10 whatever, 10 nothing, 10-1, whatever it was. You, you've got to put it away. You've got to put it away quick. You, you can't kill people over that game.
1: Well, and some of the questions there were that the Dallas Stars lost 8-2 to Winnipeg on Tuesday. They bounced back to win 4-2 in Calgary yesterday and 3-2 in Edmonton tonight. Other NHL action this evening, the Capitals beat Chicago 3-2 in overtime. The Avalanche beat the Jets 3-2 in overtime, Rob.
2: Yes, it, it was. If you get a chance to watch this one on, uh, on the internet somewhere, I believe it was Ehlers from the Winnipeg. Uh, Nick Jets. Ehlers, yeah, the uh, Ehlers. Yeah, yeah. He, he shot the puck from the corner on the boards into his own net. He scored on his own goalie. His goalie was shocked when his own defenseman shot it at him, and that turned out to be the winning goal, the easiest goal of Rene Bork's career. All right, the Devils beat the Sabres 2-1 in overtime. Andy Green,
1: the winner on a penalty shot in OT. The Maple Leafs ring up the Flyers 6-3 and the Senators, two goals in the final four minutes, including the winner by Mark Stone with seven seconds left to shock the Kings 2-1. It's good for the Oilers. You want the Pacific Division
2: teams to, to lose when they're playing other teams. You don't see that often with the LA Kings, a lead late in a hockey game, not only to lose it, but to lose it in regulation get no points. They had been playing very well. That, one, that one's all right and you heard lindy Ruff say a very good defensive game
1: by his dallas stars so they prevent the oilers from getting to five and turning on the japanese village goal light on the oilers page on 630 ched.com whenever the oilers do score five or more in a game we'll activate that light you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at japanese village three locations downtown south side and north side Adam is up next on the phone lines and a little more reaction from both dressing rooms. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime <laughs> Open Line. This is Terry Overtime Open Broadcast Line. Center.
0: Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan.
1: Rob Brown keeping me company here high above the ice surface at Rogers Place in Ice District in downtown Edmonton. And Adam is on the open line. Hey, Adam, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead.
5: Reed listen all the time, excellent show. Uh, I listen to Oilers now all the time, and we hadn't talked about what Edmonton was going to do after this road trip against a team that was beat up like Dallas. I mean, I still have faith in Oilers. I dished out 300 bucks night for a ticket to be ringside, and I come from Bonneville. But you know what? I had a feeling we coming come into this game. Just a bad feeling, man.
1: Yeah, well, it it did start well. I mean, I hope you're in your seat by the time the first couple of goals went in, because they happened right at the right at the start of the game. Kellen, do we still have Adam, or did we lose him? He's gone already. Okay. Well, Adam, thanks a lot for calling. We appreciate that you drove in for Bonneville and, and were able to give us a call. Tell you what, we want to go back down to the dressing room here for the Dallas Stars. Tyler Sagan had a really good game. Here he is. Uh,
5: Tyler, two rings in a row here. You sweep Alberta. What have you learned about the team the last
7: two weeks? We do the right things and do our jobs we can be successful. Um, the way we've been defending the last two games, you know, last night and tonight, you know, that can get you pretty far in this league and, you know, win hockey games and it starts on our own end. Uh, good things have been happening, so we want to keep it going.
4: And 40 saves tonight from your goaltender. Yep. What about his performance
7: tonight? Yeah, I mean, goalie out. Um, you know, everyone did the job tonight and I thought our goalie made, you know, a couple of heck of, a sa- heck of a saves. Um, you know, he was great tonight and you know, kept us in there, so it was, it was good. Good night.
0: Despite having all those guys out of lineup? You guys are still managing to find offense here, I guess. It's just,
7: to... uh... I think we're finding defense. Um... You know, I think uh, we're finding ways to defend and, you know, with the guys out of our lineup, that's a lot of speed and that's a lot of goal scoring. So our, our main focus and discussions have been about how we're going to defend and, you know, I thought our goalie did a great job tonight, but I thought our D made uh, some great plays and smart plays and I thought our forwards tracked hard. So um, good things last two night, and you know, we're going to put it away and, you know, keep it going. <clears throat>
0: Uh, We always talk about gut check to come off an 8-2 loss and now win back-to-back games. How important
7: is this in the season, really? Yeah, gut check. I mean, it's very early in the season, but, uh, you know, losing 8-2, you need a lot of character in here to to rise up and be able to bounce back and, you know, not hang low. So, you know, the way we put away that loss is how we're going to have to uh, put away these wins, you know, know what we did right, um, remember them, put them away, and move on here.
5: There you go, Reid.
1: Thanks, Scott. Scott Johnson in the Stars' room tonight. Tyler Sagan, the third star of the game. Tyler Pitlick, the second star. Kari Lettinen with 40 stops. The first star, JP texting in. He says, the Oilers are a better team, but it's time to temper expectations. We capitalized on a weak October schedule, which is good, and are competing with some of the top squads. But Talbot is not a 945 save percentage goalie. The team is still young and inexperienced, and the back end is going to make mistakes. The top teams are besting us by a goal in the third, and that's why they are the best in the league. Good teams will find ways to win. The Oilers aren't there yet, but they will be soon. A small step from last year, but still a giant leap from the playoffs. That is a text from... From uh, from JP and 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 sure, I mean we their first ten games they only played two teams that were in the playoffs last year. They went seven two and one. Now they're halfway through a stretch of ten games where they play ten playoff teams from last year. They're two and three. So fair enough. We'll see what happens with the Rangers on uh, on Sunday night. But I mean it's interesting from the Stars' perspective. They were embarrassed earlier in the week, and now they won back-to-back games. A week ago, we were talking about the Oilers being irritated having lost three in a row,
2: and then they won back-to-back games Saturday and Sunday. Well, the Oilers got embarrassed on home ice to the Buffalo Sabres. They came and responded. They won five in a row. Five in a row, including big wins over St. Louis and Washington. The Toronto Maple Leafs the other day got embarrassed they come out and they beat philadelphia montreal gets embarrassed they go on a little bit of a run sometimes you need a kick in the pants sometimes you do you got a a wake-up call you start reading your press clippings you 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 hear everyone talking about how good you are and you get away from the things that made you good and you need a little bit of a setback and a little bit of a video session of that setback to get you back on the on the right foot. And I'm sure that's what's gonna happen uh, tomorrow. They're gonna look at the mistakes they made and everything is correctable. It wasn't through lack of effort. It was through uh, lack of smarts at time. I mean, Jordan Eberle knew what he was supposed to do there and he didn't. And it, they'll fix it and it is, it is a nice stretch right now where they're getting a real measuring stick of where they are. I think maybe the, the expectations after the start were a little too high and now we're starting to see okay this is where they really are they're close they're just not quite there yet but let's see how we can make the steps forward. One more trip into the Oilers
1: dressing room here's center Ryan Nugent Hopkins.
4: Unfortunately yeah uh, he didn't get the job done. last <laughs> little while you give up scramble back in the game? Yeah, it's uh, obviously not the way you want to start things off. Um, If we're just not sharp enough or uh, teams are just sharper than us, I mean, we just got to find a way to, uh, I mean, even if you're not, your legs aren't uh, into it right off the bat, I mean, you you still need to find a way to uh, just play solid and uh, get through the first ones, even if your uh, legs aren't sharp, but um, I mean, to keep putting ourselves behind the eight ball like that is, uh, uh, I mean, like you saw tonight, uh, comes back to haunt you. It was a
3: pretty loose defensive game for both teams,
4: There's
5: lots of <laughs> for both teams.
4: Like. Yeah, I mean, this, the Dallas kind of, um, in the past few years, that's kind of how they play, but uh, we got to. I mean, we've done a better job this year of not kind of falling into that and just sticking to our game. And um, I mean, we're a good transition team, and uh, we need to keep doing that. But we can't be uh, having to go the other way.
3: I feel like it's. Uh, I mean, it's not
4: about Dallas,
3: but you got a team coming in a second of back-to-backs and maybe a little bit tired. when We know they're banged up.
4: Is that fair to say that's a missed opportunity? Uh, well, it's definitely a game that we got to capitalize on. I mean. Uh, when you're when you're in the second part of the back-to-back, I mean, uh, we know that your legs are a little tired, especially at the end of the game. And um, I mean, in the third, I mean, we, we put a lot of pressure on them. But um, if we can get a couple early, then it uh, uh, gives us a better chance to shut them down.
2: Reed, that's Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. All
1: right, thanks, Brendan Nugent-Hopkins. Tonight wound up playing 16:58. Had a tough uh, day in the face-off circle. He went three and eight. All right, Rob, well, quick hope stand here for the Oilers. you got the Rangers on Sunday night. And as we move into the final minute of the show here, we know exactly what they can do because they can really push the pace.
2: Well, they, they can, and it's, a, it's an important game for the Oilers because they play the Rangers at home, then they go away to Anaheim, to L.A., in Dallas, home to Chicago, at Colorado, at Arizona. It's just a tough stretch. So you've got to take advantage of games that you have on home ice. New York, once again, playing back-to-back games. they get the second game here in Edmonton. The Oilers played them well in New York. It's a, a very good hockey club. I think the Oilers had a little wake-up call here tonight, and they should be better against the New York Rangers. I enjoy those kind of games. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. A bunch of very good skilled players in the New York Rangers. The Oilers got to bring their A game. Rob, have a great weekend. You too. Again, it's November
1: 11th. Thanks to everybody in our forces serving us at home and abroad. 3-2, the Stars beat the Oilers. Our studio producer tonight, Kellen Kennedy. Our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. Next broadcast, 6 o'clock face-off show on Sunday, 7.30 puck drop against the Rangers. But before that, 9.30 Sunday morning, 11 o'clock kickoff, Eskimos and Tiger Cats in a playoff game. More on the Oilers on the Oilers page on 630chett.com. My name is Reed Wilkins from the Terry Peranich Broadcast Centre. Thanks for listening to Canadian House Overtime Open
5: Line.